All right, so I'm going to quiz you guys to see how well you know the DREAM Act or immigration reform. Um, does anybody know what the DREAM Act stands for? D-R-E-A-M is actually uh, an, acronym. an acronym, a catchy acronym. No hands. Sure. Yes. <laughs> um, does anybody know when it was first introduced? It stands for the Development Relief Education for the Alien Minors Act. Does anybody know when it was first introduced? Yes. 2001. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody know what DACA stands for? Yes. Deferred action for childhood arrivals. True or false, DACA provides a path to pathway to citizenship for young people brought to the United States before the age of six. Is that true or false? We'll explain what deferred action is a little bit more later. Um, just taking a quiz of what you guys know beforehand or not. <clears throat> true or false? The answer for that one was false, by the way. Um, true or false, the DREAM Act constitutes, constituted a program of amnesty for undocumented young people brought to this country by their parents. Is this true or false? It's false. It doesn't provide amnesty, it just provides a pathway to legalization. How many undocumented students graduate from American high schools each year? The answer is B, 65,000. <laughs> How many states currently have their own version of the DREAM Act? That would be 12. When was the last time comprehensive immigration reform legislation was passed? The, the answer is almost 30 years ago in 1986. Does anybody know how many undocumented immigrants were deported last year? The answer for that one is over 400,000. Um, does anybody know how many young people were assured the right to stay in the U.S. for another two years under the DACA proposal in 2012? And the answer for that one is B. Okay, well, we'll see if you guys get a little bit more informed after this presentation. And if you have questions, they, there should be time for questions. Mm -hmm. Do you want to share the video? So we did the quiz. We're now going to show a video.
It takes a little bit of time for her. It's fine. Just maximize it. That should be good. My name is Feli Valicia. I was born in Indonesia. I'm 19 years old now. I came to the United States when I was nine. My name is Jorge Salazar. I am originally from La Paz, Bolivia. I am currently enrolled at Community College of Philadelphia. I came to the United States when I was seven years old, alongside my parents and my eight-month-old sister, Pamela. My name is Maria Jose Sotomayor. I came to the United States when I was nine years old. I am currently a senior in college, graduating May 2013 with a psychology degree. first time telling someone that I was undocumented and I really cried so I became really really depressed and hopeless I do have dreams I do want to become a somebody I remember that very moment as I came to my parents I asked them if they could tell me my social security number that very second my world crumbled there were a lot of tears I became engulfed in anger towards the world my grades dropped and I became a horribly disrespectful person but then I thought what about my sister Soon she'll have to go through this pain, and I can't let this same darkness that surrounds me infect her. I managed to get my grades back up, and I managed to crawl, and to graduate from George Washington Carver High School of Engineering and Science. The first time I realized being undocumented was an obstacle was when my mother took my sister and I to enroll in school. Because of our status, they told us we couldn't attend a public school. I felt very upset and ashamed. I still remember walking out of that office, looking at the ground, and my mother holding back the tears of anger and helplessness. It gives me a sense of hope, something to hold on for tomorrow. I remember coming home that day, thinking this was all a dream. Moments later, my mom came in the door, and finding me in tears, she began to worry. We were going to get deported. I came rushing to her to calm her down and to assure her it was good news. But as I hugged her, it became painfully clear this isn't over. She was still not safe and many of my friends would not meet the requirements. I felt guilty that this was happening for me but not for others. The first person I called was my grandmother. Not being able to speak, I broke down crying tears of happiness. Abuelita, I can finally work so I can help my parents. My sister and I can complete our education. This is the happiest day of my life. My sister and I sat on the couch holding hands, crying. And we kept saying, with scenarios of where we will work, finish school, and even going back to visit our family. I see myself graduating college. I'm planning to major in immigration law. Parents are so scared that their kids might get caught and get dragged to the homeland security because of being undocumented. In the end, no one ever heard their story. I began working at a lumberyard, so when the time came for my sister to enter college, she would be better prepared. I began to save money for her tuition. I know that if I could make a difference, it would be for her. In 2011, my sister graduated from Temple University. To me, learning quenches my thirst. My dream is to finish college and become an engineer. I want to make sure no child ever feels the same way I did that day. 
I want to be a counselor and work in the school system. Nobody should be prohibited of attaining their education because education is the most important gift we have. Immigration reform is not only meant for younger generations. Our parents deserve immigration reform too. Whenever time permits, I give my time to immigrant rights organizations with the hope that someday things will change. Hopefully people will realize the sacrifice our parents make for us. What I would like to say to any legislator making decisions about reforming the immigration system will be to give us a chance. We just want to be successful and contribute to this country. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Um, to get into f more detail about my story and why I'm here, um, kind of how the video started out, I was born in La Paz, Bolivia. Um, my parents came here 1990. After being in Bolivia, they, were, they used to work for the government. Um, there was an election around 1989 in which the political party that my folks were supporting lost and due to that they lost their jobs and were also blacklisted um, so anybody that wanted to maintain good relations with the political party coming into power would not even consider hiring, hiring my folks um, and this is something that happens in a lot of countries um, my folks didn't have any high position in the government or anything my mom used to work for the pensions office and my dad was an auditor slash accountant for the public housing department. Um, later on in 1989, while this election was going on, my mom gave birth to my younger sister. And at, soon afterwards, we lost the elections, our political party lost the elections, and uh, we had a choice whether we were gonna to stay here and wait until the next political election or come to the United States. Um, at that point, my folks faced the, physical, the difficult decision of having to race me and my sister and with no job or no means of support. So they decided to bring us here to the States. In 1990, we arrived and uh, for me and my sister, it was very normal. We had no idea what was going on in the meantime. We just went into school, um, every, just a, a regular life for us. Um, in the back, behind the scenes, however, my dad was trying to obtain a work permit. Fortunately, when he got here, he was able to find somebody that would sponsor him for a work permit. At that time, 1990, you were able to adjust your status to obtain a work permit even if you had overstayed your visa or had crossed the border, as long as you had a willing sponsor. Um, my folks reached out to a lawyer, and the lawyer made them fill out the applications and turned it in. Um, later on, the Department of Labor rejected the application once and then rejected it again the second time. Um, little did we know that 
the reason for the rejection was because our lawyer had forgotten to fill out a lot of the paperwork and forgotten to introduce my dad's diploma uh, during the application, stating that he was qualified to be an accountant. So our lawyer is one of the reasons that we, were, we stayed here undocumented. There was no real recourse against your lawyer because many people are too afraid. Is that? <laughs> many people are too afraid. Oh, wow. Many people are too afraid to come out and speak against their lawyers because they're afraid of the repercussion of um, having immigration officials come to your door. So many people just stay quiet after something like that happens, and it, it, this is what we did. Um, we also had no clue what had happened. We just knew that we were rejected. Later on is when we found out the reasons why. So as this is all going on, I'm going about school like every, any normal person here in the States, going through elementary, middle school, high school, uh, doing very well until the time that it came for me to apply for college. When I came to apply for college, I went to my folks for, to ask them about my social security number. Before that, I really had no need because I lived in Philadelphia. If I really wanted a job, I could just get a job at a corner store and you used to, used to get paid under the table, which is very common in Philadelphia, especially where I lived. Um, also, I didn't think about driving because I was in the city and public transportation is very accessible. So. I didn't think about driving until later, so I didn't even think about getting my driver's license until way later. By then, I, I already knew I was undocumented. Uh, my folks, when I came up to my folks and I asked them for, the social, for my social security number, um, my folks began to cry in front of me and they told me the story and uh, why the reasons that they had to leave. Um, like I said in the video, I became very disrespectful, very annoyed at them. I would figure that they would have planned better, but any plan that you have, um, there are some things that are not under your control, including lawyers and laws. So after that, I took some time off and started working at the lumberyard, so knowing that my sister would soon go through the same process. Oh, I'm sorry, I should backtrack, backtrack a little bit. I, after finding out I didn't have a social security number, I went to my guidance counselor and I w spoke to him, asked him for help. Unfortunately, when I did, he was surprised. He had never seen anybody in this situation. And he blurted out loudly, oh no, you're illegal. And uh, unfortunately, there were people in the room. And my last year in high school was very difficult to say as I was trying to fight a fight against a lot of bullies, um, just telling me to go home or anything like, or things like that. But it's high school, you kind of expect some sort of drama. Um, so I brought my yearbook from after I graduated and I wanted to read a couple of the comments some of my fellow students left in my yearbook. Most of these are, are my friends now, but a lot of the comments are also kind of hurtful if you kind of, if you look back at it now. Of course, at that point, I didn't know the extent of my situation and the troubles I would have. I thought it would be something simple to fix, but it, of course it wasn't. Um, <clears throat> from my best friend, Nick, I hope they don't deport you. Good luck. Another friend of mine, good luck in your quest for the almighty green card. Best wishes for all the things you do in the future. Mike. 
another good friend of mine. Good luck in the future. Don't let immigration get you. Then I hope you get all your trouble straightened out so you can get into college. Best of luck, Isaiah. Um, another one. You better watch it. They can still send you back to Bolivia. Once back there, you will have to play soccer 24-7 to survive. Just kidding. Keep it cool. Well, that one was kind of funny. Another one. To the Bolivian. I'm going to give you seven days for you and your family to clear out. Just kidding. Wish you nothing but the best, Hector. And another good friend of mine. Good luck transporting your family out of here. Just a small sense of what I had to go through in high school just as my status was exposed in front of me. Mm. Another friend of mine, we had a lot of fun in engineering together. I'm so sorry about the immigrant jokes. But you know, I'm a jerk. <laughs> and that was practically the, my experience in high school. All that along with me trying to adjust to the situation that I had. And then realizing that my sister would soon go through the same thing. At that time, there was no DREAM Act. Um, the DREAM Act came a year after I graduated. <clears throat> um, according to the laws, children who immigrate to the, to the United States from another country can only obtain permanent status through their parents and not independently apply for residence. So in that sense, I was stuck um, with whatever application that my parents would file. And as you, as you learned before, the application was rejected and not filed properly. You are allowed to attend public education, but upon graduation, you're not allowed to attend college in many states, um, including Georgia, for example, bars undocumented you from attending. Um, Georgia, the activists in Georgia, along with a lot of university professors, managed to start up their own university, their own freedom university, outside of colleges to teach kids who are willing to take courses. Without proof of legal, legal immigration, such children are generally not issued driver's license, social security, social security cards, and cannot work legally. Of course, you, you're undocumented. <laughs> Some immigration numbers from the Obama administration. Um, over 400,000 people were deported since two th in 2012. Uh, during his whole administration, he deported over a million. A lot of those people were deported for sometimes being victims of crime because there's um, secure communities, a program in which anybody who is detained by the police is fingerprinted and their fingerprints are sent to immigration to check with a database of people who are supposed to be here legally and those who are not are normally sh deported out. The, the way the secure communities is supposed to work is that it's supposed to track people who have committed serious crimes. Oftentimes secure communities have traps people who are victims of crimes, like uh, victims of domestic abuse. And out of the 400,000 people that were deported last year, only about 60% committed serious um, felonies. Over 100,000 youth are would be sorry, youth undocumented immigrants 
who would be assured under DACA they wouldn't be being deported. Sorry, that's bad reading in my case. <coughs> Prohibitions of DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. What DACA provides us is two years of deferred action and work authorization, which means that we could get a work permit and we could stay in the country without worrying about immigration coming and deporting us. However, this doesn't include our parents, it's just us. The requirements to apply for DACA, you, you must be under 31 years old. Yeah. You must have come to the United States before reaching the age of 16. You have to have been here continuously since June 2007, June 15, 2007. You have to either be currently in school or have graduated or obtained your GED. You must have not been convicted of any serious felony, significant misdemeanor, three or more misdemeanors, or otherwise pose a threat to national security. This was actually kind of hard for me because when I first started becoming involved with immigrant rights, I used to go to New Jersey because New Jersey had a more active community. And um, they were trying to pass an in-state tuition bill, which is kind of like Maryland passed last year. And at one point, I was driving back from a rally with a whole bunch of um, support the DREAM Act signs and comprehensive immigration reform signs when I got pulled over by a state trooper. Um, of course, I had no license, and I was so fortunate that the trooper really didn't care. Um, he was actually very supportive. So unlike many other immigrants who probably would, at that point, would have gotten taken in and sent to immigration, I was very fortunate that the person was very supportive and decided to look the other way because I had the back of my car with a whole bunch of signs, fortunately for me. Um, you must be at least 15 years old to, at least to request deferred action, unless you're currently in removal proceedings and have a final order or voluntary departure. There are a lot of people who are still in detention centers who, be, who would be eligible for DACA, but just because of the bureaucracy of the system, it's hard for them to even get the attention they need and submit the application forms, or gather the proof. Roughly 1.8 million immigrants in the United States would be eligible for DACA. Each year, approximately 65,000 undocumented students graduate from high school. People who are not eligible for DACA are people who have uh, felonies like DUI, um, drug possession, um, other felonies, of course, would include serious, serious crimes. People who have been caught driving without a license, however, fortunately got a pass. That, looks, that comes to be good for me, but fortunately, a lot of the other people were not so lucky. DACA recipients receive no permanent unsensitive benefit under the program. This memorandum confers no sensitive right immigration status or pathway to citizenship. Only Congress acting through its legislative authority can offer these rights. This means that um, we receive no public benefits at all. The only thing that we obtain from deferred action is the right to stay in the country for approximately two years. Um, in many states, the right to obtain a driver's license, 
and the right to obtain a work permit. This becomes helpful to a lot of people who have graduated from high school undocumented and are now looking for jobs. I'm just going to give Jorge a, a chance to, uh, to get a little break. As you can tell, he's, he's the real speaker here today. Um, but something that, um, th this is uh, just something that I found, I mean, I had to read a lot and find this out. It's not something I knew. And so um, I'm wondering, you know, if, if other people might be in the same situation. So we've been talking about DACA, which is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. That was an initiative of uh, President Obama. Uh, it was promulgated in June, I believe, of 2012. And the reason um, President Obama uh, put forth this, what, what would be an executive order, um, was a stopgap measure. And that was because the various versions of the DREAM Act uh, starting from 2001 and going all the way until 2010, the various versions of the DREAM Act um, had never passed. And uh, in some cases, uh, some of the opposition would say, well, you know, we don't want to pass this DREAM Act. What we really need is comprehensive immigration reform, which of course hasn't happened since 1968. So to back up a little bit, What's the difference between DACA and the DREAM Act, and why is the DREAM Act or some form of legislation still important? And it's because although the President of the United States has a lot of power, um, the ultimate authority over immigration um, rests with the legislation. Um, let the, um, the Congress um, is the one that, by passing legislation, decides who can stay and what are the conditions for becoming a citizen. So the DREAM Act, which as we said, um, stood for Development, Relief, and Education for Alien Minors. So you can see this was not even, this was not comprehensive reform. This is only addressing a portion um, of undocumented, undocumented immigrants who need, um, who need a path to citizenship. Um, several versions were introduced into the Senate and the House since 2001. Uh, the most recent defeat was 2011. So the thing about um, uh, President Obama's initiative is that it does lift the threat of deportation for two years um, for, for childhood arrivals, um, such as Jorge. And Hopefully, um, that will be renewed. They can apply for renewal after two years. But of course, what's the downside of any executive order? Uh, it can be revoked uh, in a new administration, number one. And number two, it only temporarily lifts that threat of deportation. It does not and cannot provide um, permanent residency uh, a state of uh, a legal state of permanent residency um, for these immigrants, nor can it establish a path to citizenship. Those two things can only be done by Congress through legislation. And so we can see here's what the Dream Act would have provided uh, had had it ever got passed. Um, students um, would be issued a temporary residency for a period of six years. 
conditioned upon meeting certain educational or military requirements. Um, within that six-year residency period, um, they must attend a college and earn at least an um, associate's degree or serve in the U uh, U.S. military for two years. But here's at the end of that six-year conditional period, those, um, those young people would be granted permanent residency. So no longer that threat of deportation. And then that starts them on the path to US citizenship. So this is why legislation is so important. And um, if you've uh, heard any of the interviews that uh, President Obama has been giving uh, since re-election, um, he is saying that that's going to be one of his priorities. Um, having major immigration reform, which would be nice because that would cover everybody, but um, hopefully at least for the, for the young people that would have been covered under the DREAM Act. The requirements under the DREAM Act um, was that the um, young people must have been between the ages of 12 and 30 at the time the law was enacted, must have arrived in the United States before the age of 16, must have uh, resided continuously in the United States for five years, uh, must have graduated from a U.S. high school or obtained a GED, and must not have any criminal convictions. Um, another interesting uh, fact that I uncovered, which makes me very upset when I hear the story, for instance, of, of the young woman um, who was, uh, they, they told her and her mother she couldn't go to the public high school. Actually, um, there was a Supreme Court decision back in 1982 Flyler versus Doe, um, which stated that undocumented students have a right to the same basic education as other students. Now, they were talking about basic, so um, grade school, high school. Um, and so this is kind of was a building block, and they used some of the language uh, of this, um, uh, this uh, decision when they were uh, writing the DREAM Act. So the DREAM Act, similar to Flyler, invokes the right to equal opportunity and to be free from discrimination. The Supreme Court in Flyler noted that the children at issue did not independently choose to come to the U.S. illegally. And Justice Blackman, uh, one of the justices at the time said, children denied in education are placed at a permanent and insurmountable competitive disadvantage for an uneducated child is denied even the opportunity to achieve. And so what, what I find personally troubling is that this was recognized back in 1982. And here we are in, in 2013, and I don't know, we're still debating it. Um, since then, as we, we mentioned, um, 12 states have enacted their own version of the DREAM Act. And Jorge uh, is gonna talk a little bit about um, for those of you here in Pennsylvania, uh, one of our state senators is, um, is introducing uh, a Pennsylvania version. So these are the states that already have a DREAM Act, um, and New Jersey and Ohio are attempting, and now Pennsylvania. However, we're, we're in the same position, okay? Only the federal, only the, the United States Congress can, um, can establish rules for permanent residency and path to citizenship. So you'll see what these DREAM Acts, when we talk about the Pennsylvania proposed one, they do make it um, easier, I mean, they make it possible 
for these young people to be able to get a college education. So right away, that's a big thing. Um, as, as Jorge was, was telling me last night, for instance, the dropout, the high school dropout rate is very high um, among a lot of undocumented young people because they don't see a future. They can't, uh, they know they can't afford college, even if they, they got over the hurdle of, of the bureaucracy that they had to get over. Um, but they won't qualify for um, in-state tuition benefits, for instance. Um, as a matter of fact, that was one of the reasons why the DREAM Act, the various versions of the federal uh, level DREAM Act kept getting, uh, kept getting defeated. There was a nasty rumor going around that this act uh, of the federal government was going to force states uh, to grant or, or was going to prescribe what kind of tuition benefits they would have to provide. And that isn't true. It still is up to the states to, um, you know, to arrange what they want to arrange. Well, um, in-state tuition bills or, or state DREAM Acts have been kind of introduced first in Illinois, I believe 2001, 2002 is when they passed theirs. They were the first state to pass it. Um, the reason why people want in-state tuition, it makes it easier to go to college. There are so many barriers for undocumented students, including myself. When I found out I was undocumented, I kind of wanted to drop out. Um, if it wasn't for my sister and uh, my family, I, I don't think I would have continued. And then I run into a lot of cases where a lot of my friends who are undocumented also have to do, have to make this difficult decision because for one, their parents come from very humble beginnings and they have to work one, two jobs just to provide food on the table. And there's the pressure that you have to do good in school, but yet you can't really achieve as much as your friends who are documented can because the barriers to going to college are so high. Um, so a lot of kids drop out to start working and helping out their parents. A lot of them just drop out be out of frustration because the system itself is very, uh, very negative towards your situation. Um, approximately 850 students, undocumented students, graduate from Pennsylvania high schools each year, only to re realize that diplomas don't ensure access to higher education. For me, when I graduated, um, I knew I wasn't going to go to college right away. Um, the financial situation in my family was not that good. Um, we had my grandparent who had been here since the 70s and he was a legal resident, but during the time that we were here and applying for our own um, for our own adjustment of status, he got sick and so we had to send him back to Bolivia so he could relax, um, not take it as hard because where we grew up was a very difficult place. We used to grow up in the part of Philadelphia that's called the Badlands for very obvious reasons. There was a lot of drugs, a lot of gangs, a lot of fighting were here in Philadelphia where we grew up. So we couldn't have my grandfather who was ill at the time be exposed to that so we decided to send him there and hopefully have him get treated. Unfortunately he did pass away and that was one of the harder situations as well because you realize that you can't go back. <laughs> so
so you can't go by goodbye, say goodbye to your relatives as they pass away. But still, you have to be here and you have to try to six, make something of yourself. So at least you make your family proud and you advance um, and make their sacrifice be worth it. So that's one of the reasons why we want to pass the Pennsylvania Dream Act. We want to tear down the barriers, barriers of enrollment so that students who, so that more students can actually apply. Currently, there's only about five to 10% of undocumented students who can actually go to college. Uh, most of them are fortunate enough to get some sort of financial aid um, from private scholarships. We can't apply to um, FAFSA or we can't um, obtain any sort of um, publicly funded scholarship. Do we, if we do apply for scholarships, they're mostly private ones that don't require um, Social Security. And there have been a lot of people who provide scholarships based on the fact that kids are undocumented and they know the need. Um, many places, many public institutions charge people who are undocumented out-of-state tuition. And there are even a lot more that charge them um, international rates, which are almost three times as much as the in-state tuition that many colleges provide. For example, um, Uni Penn State University, you, have, you get charged about 1,100 for 30 credit hours if it was in-state. If you're out-of-state, you, you have to pay almost double. But if you are undocumented and cannot provide proof that you are here legally, you get charged international rates, which are oftentimes three times what anybody, what, what in-state tuition would be. This is one of the reasons that we want to pass it. The impact is the dropout rate will significantly less, would be significantly less because a lot of people who drop out just because they don't see a pathway to higher education would continue in school. Currently about 5% to 10% of students who are undocumented go on to college. Um, this law would create a strong incentive to have undocumented students remain in school. And having the students remain in school is also beneficial to the community itself because if you have somebody who drops out of high school who, who or doesn't go to college, um, chances, especially if they drop out of high school, chances that they'll resort to other means of supplementing their in income through criminal or other acts that would be self-harmful um, lessen because they have more of an opportunity to contribute to their families and themselves. Um, Pennsylvania Dream Act. The Pennsylvania Dream Act right now is being talked about by Senator Lloyd Smucker of um, Lancaster slash York. On January 22nd, he announced his int intentions to introduce an in-state tuition bill for undocumented youth in Pennsylvania. While uh, Clark is speaking, I'm going to um, pass out a press release. This came out just yesterday from, uh, from the from Senate. Senator. Uh, we went to speak with Senator Smucker a couple of weeks ago when he called one of the immigrants' rights organizations that I volunteer at, and they asked me to go help talk to him and help out the parameters of the law. Many of the state Dream Acts have parameters that you would have to have graduated from a high school in the state where you want to go to, um, have to have paid taxes in the state where you want to go to, and Oftentimes, they, they require um, 
of course, proof that you pay taxes, proof that you went to high school, and also proof that you intend to apply for citizenship as soon as you can. That way you can actually contribute back to the, the, the community where you are taking your education at. Senator Smucker's legislation is based on Maryland's DREAM Act, which was approved by the legislator in 2011. After 2011, um, there was a group of anti-immigrant anti group that gathered enough signatures to have the Pennsylvania, I'm sorry, the Maryland DREAM Act go into referendum. And in November 2012, it was approved, approved overwhelmingly by the voters. Um, currently, the provisions that we have talked about with Senator, Senator Smucker are that eligible, eligible students must offer proof of having attended at least two years of high school and must meet all Commonwealth residency requirements. Two years of high school in Pennsylvania. Uh, the student or their parent must provide proof of having paid taxes in the Commonwealth. A lot of people always ask me, how do undocumented, peop how do undocumented people pay taxes? Well, the IRS provides a number for undocumented people to pay their taxes. When you want to pay your taxes and you're undocumented, you go to the IRS and you fill out a form and they give you something that is called an individual taxpayer identification number. And with that, you could declare the taxes that you, that you should have when you're working, either under the table or uh, oftentimes people who use a fake social security number can then fix the, that problem of, uh, of having to use that number by using the taxpayer identification number. Um, the, the person must have graduated from a Pennsylvania high school or obtained a, a, a GED from Pennsylvania. So um, this is where we are now. The senator is still trying to figure out what to include in the bill. Um, we're having sessions to see where we're going to go and try to make the most impact so we can have enough support. Fortunately, the senator also is a key ally because it would be one of the, f the first time that a Republican senator is introducing the Pennsylvania Dream Act, or actually State Dream Act. And it's, he's also holds a key position in the state legislature because he is the chairman of the state government committee. This means that he can bring the bill up for a vote, and he also is in a very good position to stop a lot of anti-immigration bills from coming up to a vote. Because last year, we, instead of focusing on positive, anti, on positive immigration bills, we had to focus a lot of our attention into fighting a lot of anti-immigration bills. Um, many of them were very similar to Arizona's SB 1070. Um, there was also one which was a human trafficking bill, which would have meant if I was in the car with any of you and we got pulled over, they could have asked my papers. And if they found out that I was undocumented, you guys would be charged for human trafficking, even if you had no idea. So if you were taking me to the hospital because I was sick, or you were taking me to church or to school, if you got pulled over and you were just unfortunate just to be with me in the car, you would have gotten human trafficking charges against you. There was also a law that would have killed the business licenses of a lot of hospitals in different places who were either suspected of hiring an undocumented person. Like if a hospital um, had their janitor, janitor crew and uh, one of their janitors was supposedly undocumented, it didn't even have to be proven. 
you just had to make the complaint. Then there would be an investigation, and during that investigation, they could revoke your license, therefore shutting down hospitals and businesses just for the assumption of someone that, uh, some, that someone undocumented is working in there. You also had a lot of bills that were trying to be passed that were um, sold as being and, um, against immigrants, but in fact would just uh, hinder a lot of citizens. There was Bill SB9, who was, there was a huge fight about, and this was a public benefits bill. The bill stated that undocumented immigrants shouldn't have state benefits, and we already don't. We can't apply for them. We don't have social security numbers or state IDs. So that law was unnecessary. And also part of the law stated that if someone who was undocumented had possession of someone else's um, access card, they would face um, penalties. A lot of times, a lot of undocumented people, for example, my mother worked with really elderly folks, and these elderly folks sometimes are bedridden, and they require help, for example, of getting their groceries or something like that. So if my mom had gone out with this card, she would probably have gotten deported if she was stopped by police. And I'm just going to pass it along to looking ahead with uh, Barbara so she can share some news of current immigration talk. Um, actually, right now there isn't much. Uh, Senator Marco Rubio has um, unveiled a Republican plan. Um, he's talking about fingerprinting people, etc. Hmm. So we're kind of hoping that um, perhaps Senator Durbin, um, who was the, one of the senators that introduced every version of the the DREAM Act will, will come forward soon. Um, I think we have some time for questions, and if you have questions um, for Jorge, in the meantime, I'm going to pass out um, two, more, uh, two more items. I have a model that you can use. This is to petition um, your senator and representative uh, to the U.S. Congress um, to, to please um, cooperate with uh, President Obama in any new initiatives or either a new type of DREAM Act or comprehensive immigration reform. And then finally, um, uh, Peace and Justice um, has an evaluation form uh, for each of our sessions here, so there's one for our session. If you have questions, please go ahead and ask. Anybody have any questions? Yes? Um, the way they have it is um, if, if it's a misdemeanor, you can have a, up to three misdemeanors, but if it's a felony, you're completely barred from it. So if the shoplifting was a misdemeanor, which I think it would be, um, the person would, have, would still have a chance. It's, in cases like that where you aren't unsure, it's best to get a lawyer. Um, a lot of other cases are just very simple. You could just, the form is really easy that you could fill it out yourself.
Um, the process about, takes about four months. That's, as long, that's how long it took me to obtain my work permit. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of difficult adjusting, adjusting to it because you have your work permit, but you still have to worry about your folks. So it's it's a weird thing to balance. You're happy for yourself, but yet sad for everybody else. Any other questions? Does anybody here know someone who's undocumented? Have they applied for DACA? Do you know what's stopping them? Too old. Definitely it's time to push for comprehensive immigration reform. Um, the Pennsylvania Dream Act, is, I think, is still something that's worth pushing for because a lot of the bills that are introduced by, by the federal government will not include anything to lessen the burden of higher education. So the Pennsylvania DREAM Act, along with comprehensive immigration reform, and the DREAM Act would be something worthwhile to pursue. Any more questions? Cool. I hope you guys enjoyed the presentation.